whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here, and I am very ready to tell you I am a cheapskate. I don't know, are there any other cheapskates out there with me? You know what I mean by cheapskate? I like to buy things cheap. I don't like full price. I don't take a whole lot of joy in spending a ton of money when I think I can get it for less. I take a great more deal of joy. Even if I spend a lot of money, I like getting, you know, they call it, in the U.S., we call it more bang for our buck. We like getting our money's worth. I adore the clearance racket stores. I adore big sales. I have a sense of satisfaction knowing I got things for less than the retail value, the full price. And I, I admit, I like free stuff too. I enjoy gifts. I, I enjoy being part of relationships where we give to one another. I enjoy giving gifts, probably even a little more than receiving them. But, you know, even some of my favorite are, you know, if somebody like a little kid gives me just a little thing. It might be a dollar or two. It might be something that they made. But the idea of really not so much about the stuff itself, but being part of relationships where people are open and giving of one of themselves to each other. I don't necessarily want to have friends who give me millions of dollars so that I can get million dollars, millions of dollars of them. But I enjoy having friends who are generous just because of having friends who are generous. I enjoy seeing them give to others as well. I don't know if any of you know what I'm talking about, um, but certainly I just, I guess I'm establishing gifts are great. Freedom is great. Free stuff, beautiful. One thing that I have found is that often those things that claim to be free are not free. I remember in, right out of college, I got this, this, um, call saying you want a free trip to the Bahamas just give us your credit card number and at the time I was so naive I was like yes and I'm calling like who's I need to get a credit card because I just got out of college and I didn't have one yet I need a credit card so I can have this it didn't occur to me if it's free why do I need a credit card and by the time everything's said and done what it really was is we're paying for part of your room but you have to pay for the cruise and all these other things we're going to take all these things and it was like thousands of dollars for me to get this free gift, which I didn't really want and I couldn't afford, but somehow the free thing cost more than if I had just gone on vacation to where I wanted on my own. You know, it was a gimmick, you know. Um, Often when things say they're free, sometimes they are, you know, but then sometimes it's a, it's just a gimmick to get your money. You know, let's, let's, let's make them think they want something, but really we're going to take more from them. Um, I totally understand. Um, I I had, uh, I'll just say it, there was a book that I was offering for free and there were no takers. And more people have taken it since I've started selling it for a little bit, you know, for 99 cents. Then <laughs> it's been more interest in that than just getting it for free because there's some sort of, there's like a suspectness of, is this really free? And, and it's honestly, it's, it's merited. So much isn't free. We really kind of have to, look at it critically is it is it really free and um, so I understand the idea of you know grace grace is free 
it's a gift. Well, let me put it this way. It's a gift, but it's not free. It's expensive. Any good gift costs somebody. Anything of value costs somebody something somewhere along the line. Um, So even when we're talking about grace, grace is a free gift. Grace, this favor of God that we could never afford, we could never, our sin puts us in so much debt to God, we could never pay off that get debt. So grace closes that gap because of the work of Christ. It was not free. It cost Jesus everything. It cost Jesus death and resurrection, unimaginable pain emotionally and otherwise, something we couldn't have bared. And Christ paid that so that we could have this free gift of grace. But I want to challenge you even on that. If you get a free gift it still can cost something. Let me tell you how. Because we want to maintain it. Because we want to use it. Right? Uh, let's see that rich uncle. I don't always go to a rich uncle. Rich, a rich aunt owns a bunch of car lots and gives you this incredibly expensive car. We'll even say it's a hybrid car that has very low maintenance costs. You still have to maintain it. First of all, that car is worth nothing if you're not getting in it and driving it. What use is a gift that is not used? You know, what value is a gift that's not used? And you can determine where to drive it, how to drive it, and how to maintain it. And a lot of times, the more valuable the gift is, the more you want to invest at least your time, at least your energy, often money, in maintaining it. Does that mean that the gift wasn't free? Absolutely not. Does that mean my rich aunt or rich uncle or whoever, my rich something somewhere is not infinitely generous? Absolutely not. All of that is true. And yet if I value the gift, I am going to invest something in maintaining it. And if that gift breaks down, if that gift stops working, if I can't figure out how to use that gift, it is not my aunt's fault. (laughs) It is my responsibility. I can go ask her, you know, how much more with grace? If grace is the most valuable thing ever, if that grace, if that favor with God that not only can yield benefits on earth, but the eternal benefits that go beyond our time on earth, would that not be worth our time and effort? How dare we say, oh, it's free. I don't have to do anything for it. We're Friends, we're misunderstanding freedom if we think it means I'm going to sit on my butt and do nothing. I'm actually kind of tired of hearing that. We misunderstand grace if we think it means I feel like doing it so I should and you're bad if you tell me I can't. Um, I've been hammering on this a lot lately because it's been on my heart for myself and for others. And we definitely misunderstand freedom and grace if we feel like we're supposed to tell other people about it and not apply it to ourselves. Uh, Revival happens with personal conviction. I so desperately want revival in this country, in this nation, in this world. And that's going to start with us laying down that entitlement of everything needs to be easy and you just have to do what I tell you to. Or everything needs to be easy and you can't tell me what you want me to do. That's a thing, right? But there's a key, I think, that unlocks it. And it's not free. And that's truth. We obviously don't always understand it very much. That is truth. I, I, I did. I just said I, I wrote a book last year, tried to give it away for free. People didn't want it. So I'm uh, selling it for 99 cents. Um, not telling you you have to buy it. You can if you want. I'll put something on. But it's called 10 Healing Truths from God's Word. Well, as I wrote something on a, a post on social media and said, 
I'm very excited about this. I've made it as cheap as humanly possible so that you could just do it in download form. I've made it short. It's you know less than 40 pages, less than a dollar, U.S. currency. And one of the comments was, but the Bible said truth is for free. So obviously the point there is how dare you tell me to pay for something that God's giving away for free. Well, first of all, people pay for Bibles. So let's stop there. Bibles are more important, but they still cost money. Secondly, truth is not free. Grace, free. Truth is not free. That's an important thing to remember. There's absolutely nothing in the Bible that says truth is free. Nothing in the Bible. I, I want to take you in some of this because my heart is for this because just like other things that are healthy for us, grace is a gift. Truth is a relationship. Let me tell you how I got there in a little bit, um, some of the, the words of scripture, but it's not free. I, as much as I love free stuff, you know what? I need vitamins. I'm not going to get the Dollar Tree vitamins. I, I, My health needs something that's a little more costly. Am I going to get it on sale if I can? Absolutely. If I'm going to get a deal at it, deal for it, absolutely. But there are certain things that we just have to invest. And it's not just about money. It's not just about time. Often it's our attitude. Anything that's worth having is going to take a little bit of effort on our part. Anything. And that's a grace in itself. Because we don't appreciate things that we don't put time into. We don't necessarily appreciate things that are just handed to us. If we sit on a couch and do nothing all day long, do you know how unhealthy that makes us? I mean nothing. I'm talking about not talking to anybody, not giving anything else. I'm talking about if there is no intellectual, moral investment, if we're not reading things, if we're not talking to people, if we're not doing something to help improve ourselves, that's not a good life to live. Why would we want that? And do you know how angry we get when we get into a situation where we're like, oh, this is owed to me, this is owed to me? That's the trap of entitlement. That's the trap of that Greek word epithumia, which means giving into the lesser desires. That's There's no joy in that. You know what? I can try to seek happiness by just getting everything that my flesh wants all the time. Guess what? I'll never get it. I might get some of the stuff my flesh wants. I'll never get happiness. Or I can seek after joy by surrendering to God. And then I do get the joy and the happiness comes. I don't always get my fleshly desires. I don't always get what I want. I can't always eat, you know, cupcakes. I had a cupcake on Saturday and I forgot I had also made the cupcakes. So I, when the batter was all stirred and put in, I licked the batter and then I made the frosting mix. When the batter is all stirred, I got such a stomach ache. <laughs> Even getting what we want can give us a stomach ache sometimes. But I digress. I really, really want to drive home this point here. Free stuff is great. Truth is not a free commodity. It is a relationship. It is freely available to those of us who will make the investment. Here's what the investment is. John 8, 31 to 32. Jesus is teaching and he said, he said he was talking to the Jews who had already obeyed. You know, the Jews that had obeyed. He said, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Anybody ever heard that? Um, the truth will set you free. People take that out of context. This is like, I've heard that in like um, 
the context of, you know you're lying, tell the truth, that'll set you free. Well, okay, yeah, tell the truth. I, I agree with that. Uh, you don't really know the truth. When you know, you've heard a lie, but when you know what the true history is, then that'll set you free. Okay, those aren't wrong, but they're not what he's saying right here. They're not what he's saying right here. He's saying, if you continue in my word, that word continue means abide. It's actually in a tense that means it's already been done. If you're somebody who has been obeying, who has chosen to obey and has obeyed, continued, that's actually clinging in my word. That word, some people, some translations are like, if you obey my teachings, some translations are, if you abide in me. So how is that different? Well, okay, so that word continue means like to cling. If you, if you held fast, if you don't let go of that word, that word word, it's logos, logos, right? So some people think of logos as teaching. Like if you hear the word logos, that's the foundation of words like biology, um, psychology, you know, it's, it's the study, right? Um, also it's the foundation of things like logos because it's word logistics or logic. So it can mean a lot of things. It means logic. It means teaching. It also means Jesus because seven chapters before this, John said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then John 1 14, the word became flesh. That's logos. So when we're talking about the foundation of truth, the foundation of logic, the foundation of everything, that word logos, more than anything, means Jesus. It means everything good and everything worth knowing about God became flesh. So when we continue, when we continue in the word, hold to my teachings, when we're clinging to Jesus, if we've chosen to cling to Jesus, not just the thought of Jesus, but the teachings of Jesus, when we seek God, when we surrender ourselves to God on a regular basis in the person of Christ, that's how we're just disciples. Disciples means a follower, a learner, someone who goes alongside him. Disciples aren't just people who have read something and said, that's a nice idea. You know what? I've read a lot of thoughts that I don't agree with. I have a lot of conversations with people who might enrich me but who I don't always think are right. I am not their disciple. I'm their friend. I might be a colleague. I might be a conversant person with them. But a true disciple is someone who clings to everything about Christ. Everything. And that's a relationship thing. That's a relationship thing. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Now, knowing, there are different words for knowing in Greek. That, um, and again, this is John 8, 31 and 32. Knowing is this word gnosko. There are things that, um, oida, that kind of means I've seen or I've heard. Like, yeah, I know that two plus two is four. I, I know that the sun's out. Like, I've seen that the sun's out. I don't have an intimate relationship with the sun. Hopefully, when my relationship with the sun gets too intimate, then I get, you know, freckles and sunburns. I don't want too intimate of a relationship with the sun. It's not like my friend or foe. But when we're talking about gnosko, we're talking about an intimate relationship um a lot of other languages have different words for no we're not just talking about intellectual scent i think it's true i've heard it i kind of recognize you know like i know that joe biden is president i don't have an intimate relationship with joe biden you know i know that two plus two is four i don't really have an intimate relationship with math but to know that's actually the same word that is used was used when it said that Joseph and Mary did not know each other 
until Jesus was born in in the gospels. It's a physical intimacy. I mean, how much more intimate can you get with a human being than knowing them, you know, in the biblical sense after you're married, hopefully, uh, but physical intimacy. And so that's what it's saying. If you cling to what I've said to you, to the words I've said to you, to who I am, if you have chosen to cling to that and you continue to cling to that, then you're clinging to me. You will know the truth. I am the source of truth. That word truth, aletheia. I love that word. That's what I named my daughter. I love that word so much. It literally means not concealed, not hidden, not hidden. So it's not free, but there's no hidden cost. And you see, this is the lie the enemy gives us. This is the lie that Satan gives us. Go do that. It's easier. It's freer. But there's always a hidden cost. Sin is never free. There's always a hidden cost. And yes, we have the grace of God. But guess what? If I cut off my finger, God gives me the grace to deal with that. Sometimes there are times when you say something and you can just take it back. And there's total, total restoration in terms of your words. But there are things you can do with your life. Let's look at our society. Let's look at how much addiction there is. How much mental illness there is how high the dropout rate is how big the violence rate is that is the cost of sin it is not free and the ability to sin is not grace the ability to conquer sin is grace it's not freedom for sin it's freedom from it It's not a slavery to the law. It's the freedom to follow the law of love. There's a difference. And why do I feel so strongly about this? Because we're dying. We're hurting ourselves and we're calling it freedom. I was really struck by that comment. Obviously, it was, I took, it might have been somebody just trying to joke with me, saying, truth is free. But it was also really what, society seems to feel but there's nothing in scripture so Jesus says in order to know the truth in order to know me you have to cling to what I'm saying James says faith without works is dead if you say you believe then act according to it and you don't have to do it on your own that's where grace comes in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. when you search for me you will find me if you seek me with all your heart that doesn't sound free it sounds accessible. It sounds doable. It sounds worth the effort. Now, let me tell you, when Jeremiah said this as a prophet, he had spent years and years and years and years and years trying to speak the truth to the king and to the people of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, which they called Judah at that point. And he was imprisoned for it. He was not liked because he said, First he said, just surrender to God, just surrender to God, just surrender to God. And then they went after Egypt. And Egypt was never a good idea. Never ever in the history of Israel was aligning with Egypt a good idea. And so they went after Egypt. And God said, stop aligning with Egypt, follow my plan, just surrender. They wouldn't. And then when they didn't surrender to God and they're like, we're free to do anything we want. We don't want your truth. It costs us something. Their entire kingdom was destroyed overtaken, sacked, and ultimately 
all but a tiny, tiny remnant of the very poorest, were taken from their homeland. Jeremiah was left. The new emperor didn't mind him so much because he was saying, just surrender to this emperor. But this is where he's writing these words. To a nation that has been sacked, to a people who have been exiled from their own place, forced into a place with a different language, a different, different gods. But God said, even then, even as you lose your way, there's a way back. Um, let me read the next verse. I need to find this because I don't have it here. Um, if you hold to my teachings, you are truly... Oh, okay, so here we go. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not to harm you. To give you a future with hope. Then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll hear you. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with your all your heart. That's Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. But then wait to 14. I will let you find me, says the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. I'll bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. I had a few more verses here, but I, I feel led to just stop with this. There are those of us out there that decided that truth meant I can do whatever I want. God still loves me. Sure, God still loves me. There are people that haven't wanted to hear the truth and they know it and they've made bad decisions and it's hurt you and you feel like I'm outside of God's will. I don't know how to get that relationship back. Because grace is free, because grace is a gift, that relationship is always open to restoration and redemption. God can use anything we've been through, even our sins, sometimes especially our sins, even our mistakes, even our hurts, sometimes especially our hurts, and not only restore us, but make something better. Make something better at it. People didn't want to listen to Jeremiah, but even after all of that, even after all the way they defiled God and refused the truth because they felt like if I have to pay for it, if it costs me anything, it must not be truth. Guess what? When it's not truth, it costs you way more. It's a worse investment. But there's always a way back for God. I have experienced this in my own life. I have made dumb financial decisions. I have been dishonest in the past. I have refused to forgive when holding on to the unforgiveness only created a greater chasm to me. I've done, I continue to be there every day. I have to seek God because I would rather be cleaned on a daily basis than be superiorly humbled (laughs) the way that Israel was. But it doesn't matter what we've done. Through grace, there's always a way back to that truth. And really all we have to do is ask. If you seek God, if you are seeking God and you mean it with every fiber of your being and you're saying, God, I'm ready to make that greater investment, whether it's in a restoration of my relationship with God or with others, or I've never had it before, but I know what I have isn't working. There is grace. And that relationship, I'm not going to lie to you, that will cost you something. It will cost you your pride. If you want to do it right, it will cost you your criticism. It will cost you your unforgiveness. It may cost money. 
It may cost a job. It may cost some friends. Some people in some countries, it costs their life. But whatever God is asking of you, you will have the grace to do it. And I promise you, it will be always the very best investment in your life because God's will for us and God's best for us are the same. We're not just investing now. This will be the great investment in your eternity. So I'm inviting all of us, myself included, if there is anything, just to look at the foot of the cross even after I pray and to say, is there an investment, more of an investment I need to make in eternity? God, is there something more that you want of me? Is there something more that you want to give me? I'll take God's free gifts. I'll take it. And my prayer is that those of you that don't know this freedom and this costly but valuable relationship would come to know him right now. And for those that do, that we would know him deeper and better. Because just as we can grow in intimacy with our significant other, with our spouse, with our bestie, how much more is there to grow in the infinite well of God's love? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for free stuff. Thank you for your free gift of grace. Thank you for expensive stuff, Lord. Um, And because of your grace, you never ask anything of us that you don't really just give us the empowerment to do, Lord Jesus. Help us to lean into that grace. Help us not to be afraid of the cost because it's always worth it, God. And if there's anyone out there listening to this who does not know you, Lord, just touch their heart. Show them what it means to walk according to love and grace in you. Your name, amen. So I did write a book. You're welcome to download it. 99 cent download, only because nobody would take it for free. And uh, you're welcome to contact me, karenmariepennington.com. Lots of ways to get in contact with me there. Also, some free resources. But more than anything, please make that connection with God and make it deeper. It's so worth it. Be blessed, my friends.